Batman 89. A vow from the grave. It was early in my career. I had moved on to the second prototype of my suit. Alfred and I were constantly refining it back then. The ears of the cow were no longer horns. Now they stood up straight, looking more like bat ears. We then changed the symbol of my chest to something a little more striking. And as an experiment, I changed the color from black to blue. It turned out to be good camouflage in the storm. The night I used it, the night I took a vow from the grave. His name was Kano Wiggins, a killer who had just escaped from death row. His pursuer was me. I chased him onto a rope bridge, trying to see through the rain and lightning. Thankfully, Alfred and I had just installed lenses into the cow to help me see better. But Wiggins was still first to reach safety. He cut the rope securing the bridge. And I was too far away to get out in time. Luckily, I had just upgraded the grappling gun. I fired it into the nearest tree. The iron winch spun inside, sending me towards Wiggins. I landed and warned him. It's over, Wiggins. You lost! I wrenched the knife out of his hands. But then, something slammed into the back of my head. When my vision cleared, Wiggins was gone. In his place stood a huge man, yelling at me to go away. I told him, I'm not gonna hurt you. Stand aside. He lunged for me. I couldn't afford another hit. So I grabbed a tree branch above me. My legs wrapped around his shoulders. And I put him in a judo sleeper hold I picked up from Japan. In about a minute, he collapsed. And then I turned to see his friends come out from the bushes. One was a gaunt man who called himself Charlie Bones. The other a heavy-set woman named Maud. The most bizarre was the boy, who lay on the ground with seal-like flippers in place of hands. Charlie and Maud called him Flippy. The giant I had taken down was called Goliath. The four of them had been part of the Red Triangle Circus until it was shut down. Since then, they had all been living in an abandoned building nearby. I asked if they knew Connor Wiggins since their friend had just helped him escape. They denied it and said Goliath must have thought I was attacking the other man. My suit was supposed to make people afraid. But if random bystanders were compelled to attack me, then it wasn't making them afraid enough. 
I looked towards the woods where Wiggins must have ran off to. If I had met these people as Bruce Wayne, I'd have said goodbye. But I wasn't Bruce Wayne. I left the others behind to search for Wiggins. I remembered hearing about the Red Triangle Circus years ago. Some scandal had shut it down. I made a note to investigate further when I got home. For about an hour, I searched for Wiggins until finally, I found some broken twigs and trampled leaves. Wiggins had been there recently, too panicked to cover his tracks. I followed the path, leading towards an old town hall building. The one where the circus members were staying. A tall bell tower stood in the middle of it. Just then, I heard Maud scream. I ran towards the structure and entered. She, Flippy, and Goliath were looking up in horror. In the rafters above, Charlie Bones, who was alive just an hour ago, was now hanging from a noose. Someone had murdered him. I ran up to the top of the bell tower as I heard Goliath comfort Maud. She sobbed, saying how much she loved the man. There was nothing I could do for her, except find his killer. As I searched, I found an old bell pole. The rope had been cut. It matched the one used to hang Charlie. I had come in to find a fugitive. Now I had to solve a murder. But was Colonel Wiggins the killer for this one? That's what Goliath assumed when I talked to him. I asked the circus members if they had seen anyone. And the adults couldn't say. And the boy, Flippy, was mute. But he wasn't blind. Using the nails at the end of his flippers, he scratched a symbol into the floor. A circle with a line, connecting to another circle. He was trying to tell me something. I couldn't look for too long. Someone was trying to steal their truck. I ran out to see it take off. I swung over and landed on it to get a better look. Kinda Wiggins is behind the wheel. But not for long. Wiggins now lay unconscious. When I tied him up, my suspicions were confirmed. Wiggins was guilty of many things. Killing Charlie Bones wasn't one of them. I brought him inside. Maud was alone, so I asked her where the others were. She told me that Goliath took Flippy somewhere. At that point, I knew I had to find the boy. Neither he, Maud, nor even Wiggins could have reached high enough to cut the rope and hang Charlie. It was severed at least eight feet above the floor, which only left. I dodged out of the way, 
pushing Maud as a wooden rafter fell next to us. Up above was Charlie's killer, Goliath. I had to run back up to the top of the bell tower. When I reached the top, Goliath held Flippy over the edge. The boy really had witnessed Charlie's murder. The symbol he scratched into the floor was a pair of dumbbells. A sign that Charlie's killer was a strongman. Giant's motive was easy to solve. He was in love with Maud. But as long as Charlie was alive, she would never so much as look at him. With an escaped killer in the area, Goliath decided to eliminate the competition and, and put the blame on Wiggins. And after our last encounter, Goliath didn't want to fight me again. So he gave me a choice. Either I jumped off the roof to kill myself, or he dropped the boy. You're not going to get away with this, I told him. The strongman asked how confident I was in fulfilling that threat as he loosened his grip on Flippy. I warned him. It's not a threat. Call it a vow. From the grave. Then I turned my back to him and stepped off the ledge. It was a long way down. Or it would have been if it hadn't been for the line in my grapnel. As I jumped, I hooked it to a girder and used the iron winch to slow my fall. And then I waited, hiding myself in the shadows against the building. I figured Goliath wouldn't actually let Flippy live. The boy was a witness. I watched him toss the boy over the edge. Luckily, I was there to catch him. I found a window and brought him into safety. We wouldn't have much time. By now, Goliath was halfway down the stairs to check and make sure we were both dead. I rappelled down the outside towards the bottom level, where I overheard Maud and Goliath arguing. She knew what he had done now and vowed she would never be with him. I stood in the doorway and let Goliath see my shadow against the wall. Shocked, he turned around. The look on his face was worth it. Absolute terror. He gaped into the mirrored lenses in my cow. All he saw were reflections of his own stricken face. He thought I'd come back from the dead. It was just the edge I needed to take him down. I left Maude to take care of the boy as the police arrived. As I drove back, I got a new idea. When I first designed the suit, I was only thinking about function. I hadn't thought deeper about why I chose it. Fear. This blue one wasn't striking enough of it. But making Goliath think I had come back from the dead, that worked. 
made him think I wasn't human, that I couldn't be killed. I knew I'd need a new suit then. Something more frightening. I'd get rid of the lenses too. I wanted them to see my eyes from now on. They had to think I was a creature of the night. I'd only been a rumor at that point. But soon, everyone would truly think there was a six-foot bat in Gotham City. Batman 89, A Vow from the Grave. Based on Detective Comics number 410. Written by Dennis O'Neill, with art by Neil Adams and Dick Giordano. Adapted by Ben Wan. Produced by Newverse Creative. Mixed and edited by Tim Maxwell. <laughs>